Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, it's 9.30 in the morning, but um, I'm up. I was up at 7 a.m. Yeah, champs always get up early. That's that's the thing, right? That's called, that's called children. You might want to get up and, and get some shit done around now so that they get up before they take all your time. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? It's Mick Tully from Woma TV, so World of Martial Arts Television, and I'm talking to uh, the man who doesn't need any introduction. Uh, it's one of the only things that myself and Joe Rogan agree on, which is this guy is the GOAT when it comes to MMA. He is the greatest of all time, uh, and his record shows it. The one and only Mr. Demetrius Johnson. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. You know, your last fight... And, you know, if that had been anywhere else, that would have been a controversial finish. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that was, as soon as it happened, I turned around and I was like this, I was like, that never happened. In, he, he didn't train for that. There's no way that, no way that would have happened normally. So, you know, but that's me. I'm a big mark for you anyway. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, looking back on the fight and stuff? I felt the fight was, uh, it was, it was a good fight. You know, Adrian was a tough guy. Very, very um, methodical about the way he goes about fighting. And sometimes when I look back and I'm like, ah, I should have been more patient. I should only hit him cross distance. Or I should have never put myself in a predicament. And, and like I said, you know, with that, I've been dropped before, right? Like yeah. if, if anybody's followed my career, I've been dropped before. Joseph's dropped me. Dawson's dropped me. I've been rocked by Domino Cruz. So it's not like it's un unfamiliar territory but usually when i get dropped i'm able to recover right yeah and when i was trying to recover put my arm right in that in in his uh that underhook one hand down on the ground trying to get up and it bam just got blasted at knee so and yeah like you said it's, it's something you don't train for and i told my coach and my team i was like guys like you think about it when we get who who, who in here trains concussed or not concussed excuse me who in here trains uh rocked like who gets rocked and like okay let me hit you let me hit you to your your equilibrium is gone and get up like you, you don't train that right so it was a good uh adrian was able to capitalize on that and come up with the victory um but it, it was a great fight and you know 
it's over and done with. And now we're moving forward to see what's up next. Yeah, you see, well, this is the thing, you know, obviously, uh, when you moved over, it, it, you, you know what it's like, MMA is a really bizarre sort of uh, sport anyway. You know, you've got guys who watch Bellator, and then you've got guys who watch UFC, and they believe that the UFC is literally, you know, I train UFC bro merchants. You know, they truly believe that that's the only thing. And I, I, I literally was only going to watch one for you. And then it was like, when I looked at Adriano's record, and I was like, wow. And then he's a huge guy, a tall guy for that division as well. He was like five for eight. Did, did that figure into your plans when you were going into the fight? You know, because that's a very tall guy. Typically, you know, in my career, when I fight at 135, well, excuse me, when I fight at 135 in North America, I typically fought taller guys like Miguel Torres, Dominic Cruz. Um, you know, and then when I fought 125, I fought majority smaller guys um, you know, Joseph Dodson, Kyoji, Chris Curioso, um, you know, then you have, you know, the oddball guys like Tim Elliott, who's taller for the division. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always had a, a little bit of harder time with the longer guys because I have to cross distance. I have to get there and cross distance to be able to get my hands on them, right? Or you can play the patient slow game where, you know, I'm not going to cross this with myself in the fire. So it's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, right? Do you want to take your time and you know, not be as excited or you're like, fuck this, let's fight. Let's get in the mix of it. And you run into certain things. That's, that's how I've always been in my career. You know, when I, when I, when I fight, but we, we always take the accountability, but it's just something I have to deal with now. And I just feel like the flyweights are getting taller. Um, I was in Vegas training with a couple guys and they're like five, seven, five, eight. I'm like, I was like, you guys make 125? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, if I was yeah. five, eight, I'd be stacked. I'd be boom. Just yes. <laughs> I'll at least be if I was five, I'll probably be just the way I lift and how I like to have a lot of muscle on my body. Like I'm I'm five three and I weigh 100 and you know 40 43 pounds because I've been lifting heavy. Like I've got up to like 146. I'm I'm really focused on just lifting when I get bored. And there's nothing to do, and there's no fights going on. I'm like, I'm gonna go start lifting heavy and see if I put some like just beat yeah. body muscle and look bigger. So I feel like if I was five eight, like I feel like I would be probably working like, you know, maybe one fifty five. And, and you know, and that's just me. I'm not five eight. I'm five three. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, but you see, this is the thing. You know, uh, obviously, um, my my whole take, especially in MMA, now that it's become a sports sport, you know, I'm I'm a big fan from back in the day where you know you had like Emmanuel Yarborough walking in, and he was like 600 pounds, you know, and fighting mm -hmm. a guy who was like 100 190. Uh, yeah, yeah, and those. Yeah, they're great on New Year's Eve when you're watching a Japanese show or wrestling, oh. you know, that all, yeah. all, all, all day long. But then when you look at it as a sport, I've seen it, especially with Conor McGregor, as soon as he got past 27 years of age, and it was like, he's going to cut weight. And I was like, what, is he going to get a leg chopped off? What's he going to do? Because that's it's the only way he's going to make weight. Like, it's like, you know, if you don't mind me asking, as you're getting older, is the weight, is weight cutting like a, an issue for you? So in my whole entire career, I never actually worked with a dietitian to cut to one twenty five or or even one thirty five. I mean, when I start when I start training and I'm getting into fighting mode, I'll get down to like one thirty eight, like like that. Like my muscle literally starts falling off, and then I become more of a a long distance athlete because I've ran long distance my whole entire life since I was being a kid. 
So would I ever cut to 125 now being 35 years old? I would hire a dietitian. Like I know I can do it, but would I want to do it? Those are two different things. Like I can if I want to, right? But do I want to? No, not really. I mean, I, I mean, I could, but then I, I don't want to go through the process of changing my whole eating habits and losing all the muscle I've been trying to put on and all that stuff. But you know, you, you, I, I just don't. It's something that I haven't really, really looked into, right? Like if I know I can make it, but I just don't, don't know if I want to do that to my body. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So, like, going forward, um, have you thought of any upcoming fights or have you got anything in the pipeline or what's the situation with one now? Um, um, obviously, I got fights left. Um, and right now, I've been focusing on uh, helping my buddy get ready for his pro debut. Um, he's fighting September 24th. And I'm hoping, you know, fingers crossed, I, want, I would love to get another fight in by the end of the year uh, before – you know, hopefully COVID shuts everything down again. So right now I'm staying healthy and working out. I feel good. Weight's good. So I'm just chilling. Yeah. You see, like this is the other thing that's been very interesting. I don't know if you've looked at it uh, through COVID. Um, The one thing there's a hell of a lot, hell of a lot of uh, stuff that you can take issue with, with different like MMA organizations. But the one thing with the UFC, the whole thing with Fire Island and the way that, when everyone else was hiding behind the sofa, they actually had. The, <laughs> but it's the truth, right? They had. They no, had you're right. World, you're right. You're right. They, they had the world up and running again, and like, okay, they had to get like a James Bond level island in the middle of the Middle East. You know what I mean? To do it, like, I, I literally thought at one stage Daniel Craig was going to come in because it was like, oh, we're going to call it Fight Island, and I'm like. What times? What time does Doctor Evil show up here? You know, like you know, like Dana White could be the next Bond villain anyway. But they they really really managed to get get the fight game going again. So, uh, like I I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, and like training wise, uh, we we did the whole online Zoom classes and the, with the dummy and stuff. And like, I I just couldn't get it. But uh, we were just managing to keep moving. How did you keep training during COVID? Because that's that fascinates me. Well, it, it was definitely hard because everything got shut down. You know, even our gym got shut down. Um, like I think it was like a ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars fine if you uh, was the gym was open, if your business was open to operation. So, and you know, in Washington, COVID when it broke out here in Washington State, our gym was like ten minutes away from the pandemic the actual like uh ground zero i guess you can say um in a nursing home so for us we took it very very seriously matt took it very seriously especially you know some of us have elderly parents have had that you know my mom's about a cancer she's had uh, lung cancer um matt's parents are older a lot of our friends a lot of our chambers are older so we we shut it down and we did what we could to train and work out but there was a, a point in time where it's like i didn't train for i think three or four months you know i i stayed healthy running and exercising and eating healthy but as far as like hand-in-hand combat hidden pads all that stuff i just like i just didn't even think about it i just started being a dad well not i'm always a dad but i started focusing more on at home life yeah yeah i well i did i did exactly the same my wife reckons that corona has been the greatest thing for me because I, I've, I've had to spend more time at home 
and obviously when I was able to get back training, uh, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. You just mentioned Matt Hume, uh, right? A good friend, he fought, he fought a really good friend of mine, uh, coach uh, Eric Paulson. Um, oh, yeah. Back in the great, day, yeah. Great battle. At, uh, was that a Extreme Cage battles? Or I forget what the name of the thing, but yeah, it was a great fight between uh, Matt Hume and Eric Paulson. Great fight. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a really good fight because Eric used to Eric used to always when he was over in the UK used to always reference you because it was just at the beginning of uh, beginning of the MMA explosion where you got you got you know you had two two camps you had traditional martial artists who were taking the the, the you know the the bravery pill and then getting the crap kicked out of them either at jiu-jitsu or Thai boxing and then pretending it didn't exist and went back to just doing martial arts. Or you had the other guys who were just coming in, they've never done martial arts. And whenever a young guy used to come in or a smaller guy used to come in, he used to always used to, it was straight away, he'd always reference you. And you were like the guy, you were the guy to go to. And I'd always say, how tall, how tall? And he goes, five foot three. And you're like, whoa. And he goes, yeah, but there's a lot of whoop. He used to always say, there's a lot of whoop ass in that five foot three. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I hope Eric doesn't mind me saying that. What I did, if you don't mind, was um, I put I put out on social media, uh, uh, believe it or not, and it was nearly all of my friends from, uh, I've got to give a shout out, Gracie Barrett, Canuck, Gracie Barrett, Warsaw, and Gracie Barrett, Erlington. A lot of my friends were like, you're interviewing Demetrius Johnson. And they were like, yeah, straight away. There was loads of questions. Some were random, some weren't. But if I hope you don't mind, uh, just I'm going to ask you just a couple. First of them was, uh, was what was the most mentally challenging moment of your career? Whew. Mentally challenging moment. I'll say training for the fight. I, actually, I think the... I'll probably say training for my fights um, because we want perfection, right? We want perfection in the gym. That when we go out and we fight, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's easy. We, we made it look easy. Um, and I can date back to when I was getting ready to fight Kyojo Horiguchi. Um, he has a very unique style of blitzing across distance and also keeping distance and running. And I remember like sparring and drilling with Matt and Matt would just run, 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 like literally run from me. And I would not chase him. I would chase him, but I would stay in my, my, uh, my stance. And it was the most frustrating mental thing. I was like, this is fucking stupid. I was like, this is what this is. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> yeah. But you know, it, it, it worked out. We went out and we got the W. So it, it's honestly, for me, it's the training because it's so much, like detail and sometimes i'm like we don't need all this detail like let me just let me just be in the best shape of my life and let me go on there and fight and when i went to vegas i just went to vegas and i started sparring and the one of the things i love about my amateur career is that i would learn how to fight and when i go in there to fight i wouldn't know who you get a name right like nowadays yeah. you get a you, you fight somebody it's like okay you're gonna be fighting you're gonna fight joseph Benavides again Right? Fight yeah. Joseph. Okay, perfect. Then we go back and watch all his fights. Watch all his fights and see his deficiencies, his efficiencies, and all that stuff. Then when you get in there, you don't really test, you test your skills, but you're not really testing your skills. Right? Yeah. When you're an amateur, it's like you're fighting this guy on this date. <clears throat> There's no video on whatsoever. That's it. Yeah. 
you show up and it's like, okay, round one, you, you move, you start, you start testing, you find your range, you know, nothing. It's like oblivious. Like it's, that's one of the things I loved about, um, um, sorry, I went on a tangent, but I just went to Vegas and I, and I have to do that. I was sparring guys that I didn't know anything about and I couldn't find their, I had to find their efficiencies where they're good at and where they were bad at. And I love that. That's like probably one of the things that intrigues me about mixed martial arts. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the unknown quantity is, uh, is the real one. It's like when you go to a new mat and you, you're there and you just, unfortunately, you look at guys and you look at the size of them and sometimes, you know, you buy into the tattoos they've got and everything as well, you know. And then you're like, oh, my. And they've, you know, sometimes it can have you half beaten here mentally before you even get to grips with them you know mm. i've had that so i've had that so many times right so next one was who was the toughest competitor who's the toughest toughest guy you've ever fought and like what aspect well i'm, I'm guessing that to get the win uh, i'm getting i've always I've, always I've always appreciated uh henry cejudo's are me and Hiroshi Hudo's battles. Because even though the first one went like um, super easy my way, well, it was super easy, but it went my way easier. Like I know what type of athlete Hiroshi Hudo is. And I've always respected him as, as an athlete. Like his cringe thing, he just doesn't get awareness or whatever. But mm. his, his athleticism and him winning a gold medal and him able to, you know, do something I never did, which was go up to 135 and, and win a championship there. And then him just like, I'm done, Joe. I'm fucking done. Dana thanks. And Lawrence, all you guys thanks. And him, I can respect because he's like, you know, he's reached his goal and our battles and that second fight we have with each other. He's such a gamership and him to battle through adversity when I took his legs out and he'll come back and then being able to out wrestle me and then me i remember he took me down and i did a grammar roll and i was about to come on top and he came up like he he's he has a lot of grit and i've always respected that about him so um like when i th- when i sit back and look and i think about our battles even when i watch them, i'm like god that's a good ass fight yeah well you see this is you you've led me onto something here which is like i've still made i still maintain this that there's only one rubber match that i really want to see which is you versus henry cejudo because Everything else is just hype, you know. You 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 know. We, you look at it now. That if we if we look at any, you want to talk about great fights now, especially in the UFC. Yeah, you're talking about Conor McGregor would rather not have a title fight than make money. You know, there is that whole. You know, where, where, I thought you guys were supposed to be warriors, and like well, see, you, and and you and, and 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 it's. I mean, to drop, but here's the thing, and that's okay. If Conor McGregor's like, I don't care about title, I want to make money. That's okay, right? I, I know he's a warrior. I know he's a fucking savage. Like, well, I mean, we know that. Like, yeah. we know. He, I mean, he's been in there bloodied up. He just broke his leg and all that stuff. I, I, I never undoubtedly question anybody's uh, will. Like, if you're willing to step in the cage and fight just to fight, you're a savage, right? Because there's a lot of people out there who don't do it. But if an athlete's like, hey, I just want to make money because I know this is going to stop one day and I want to be able to not work full time, that I think that's totally fine. I think I think the public and I think journalists and I think everyone in the world needs to look at it in that in that viewpoint where it's like, hey, I, I, the title's all good and Gucci and everything, but I want to make some money. It's just like Floyd Mayweather said: kids can't eat belts, they can't eat legacy. <laughs> it's it's the truth. It's the yeah, truth. But but you see, well, you see, this is the thing, especially 
uh, I, I, I think we're moving into a new era of MMA, uh, which is because it, it is personality driven. Like you, yeah. uh, while I was while I was doing while I was doing my uh, research, I was I, one of the things that came up that I really found fascinating about you is you were one of the only guys that not not just not speaking out about the likes of Logan Paul and Jake Paul, but actually just applauding them and saying, "Well, they've you know they've they've they're they're, they're in a position where they can apply themselves." You know, they're, they're, at the end of the day, it, yeah. they're not doing the WBC. You know, they're, they're no. not fighting for the UFC. They're having a tear up that we would like. You know, don't get me wrong. Like if 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 we thought that Will Smith and say, I'm trying to think who else we could get from AJ Slater. So I'm trying to, to put it into a time of this. So the guy from Saved by the Bell versus Will yeah. Smith to have a fight, you'd be like, great, because I don't want to see them do a fellow against each other. I want to see them fight each other. And that's like, you know, when you look at, like, especially the Paul brothers, those guys are selling fights. Like, you know, when you get, flame, when you get Floyd Mayweather to chase you around because you've stolen his hat, you know, and that's making a ton of money. That's genius in my eyes. What's your? What, yeah. Can you explain that? Yeah, explain why you why you applaud it. Well, I, I I applaud. Well, the biggest thing I applaud is that I think a lot of people don't give the the Logan Paul and Jake Paul um, more more respect. Okay, like one, you know, you look at Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley about to fight, right? And that's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be a great fight. Um, yeah. And the reason why I, I applaud them is because they have loads, loads, loads of money. Right. And they have the best. They get the, they can get the best training. They can get the best dietitian. They get, if you if you take somebody, I can take somebody off the street, an athlete, and I can give him if I give him eight weeks, the best training, he's going to he's going to do something in the cage. He's going to do something in the ring. Right. That's mm. just how it is right so with them stepping into a world where they have never competed for in their lives and actually selling good tickets and making good money and competing with some of the best in the world i mean why would i well i have no reason to hate on those guys i have all i have to do is say good job right because guess what there's a shitload more youtube stars out there and they're not doing this. No. They're not putting the grind in. They're not doing it, right? So, you know, I look at, you know, Jake Paul and Logan Paul's standpoint where it's like, hey, you know, they want to fight the best in the world, like Floyd Mayweather. And I saw maybe Anderson Silva might fight Logan Paul. Shoot, do it. I'll watch. I, I watched uh, – uh, I'm going to watch Jake Paul versus Tyron Wilde. I'm gonna, Definitely. And, and I watched Logan Paul versus Mayweather, and I had a big smile on my face. I was laughing the whole time. I was entertained. <laughs> I was like this. Yeah, but yeah, well, the thing is, I I look at it now, and it's like uh, it's almost like being at a drunk frat party ten years ago, where people are like the fights that are happening now, are like hypothetical fights, you know, because we always had the dream fight, you know, from the back in the days where Muhammad Ali fought Inoki when it was a boxer versus a wrestler, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you know what it's like, you go to a party and there's some guy and he's drunk and he's saying, who would win out of the Hulk and the thing? You know, is you know, that sort of ridiculous conversation that people always have. And now we've got it. It's like, I don't know what the next, I don't know what the, the, the next evolution of that is. They're like, because those Paul brothers, they've got Kardashian level money because of the social media aspect. 
one of the things that um yeah if you're only an mma fan you don't really know but if you if you know anything about you demetrius you, you you're absolutely huge in the gaming world and online i've been gaming since i've been a kid um i i can i mean date back to when i first started but when i got Twitch, it was a way for me to interact with my fans on a different platform and also show my personality. Because usually I'm giving her fight week. I'm like, I don't want to talk. I'm here just to fight and get out. Like, get in and get out. And obviously, when I was interacting with more of the fans, I was always kind of late to 125. So it was just, I wasn't as bubbly. But I was always nice. But gaming is something that I've always been able to connect with my fans on because, you know, I, I can't really connect with my fans on when it comes to training because they don't train unless they do train, yeah. right? But usually eight out of the 10 uh, fans I meet, they don't train at all. So it's very hard to relate. Like, well, you know, you have a conversation, I can have a conversation with, you know, a fan of like, oh man, love your feisty, you're like this, and I appreciate being these fans. I'm like, oh man, that Mighty Wizard part was amazing. You're the best in the world, you're the goat, da, 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 da. And that's as far as the conversation will go. Yeah. But if I have a fan where who says the exact same thing, I'm like, dude, what'd you think of fucking Dead Space? I'm like, dude, Dead Space is probably one of my favorite like series of all. Like Isaac Clark, The Red Marker, um, Ellie, just it's just an amazing game. And then he might be like, so what what games are you looking forward to coming out? I was like, I'm not sure yet. You know, there's another game that's coming out. He's like, well, have you tried this game? Like, have you looked at this game? I'm like, I haven't. What's it about? The conversation just goes from there all the way up, and we just start talking, we start vibing, and then then he then if he says, "Oh man, it's like Anamusha," I'm like, "I love Anamusha, Samanowski, Fortin Bras, <laughs> you know, Namanuga, and I, the third one." I, I and I'm like, "I wish they would do a remake in the game." And, like, and he's like, "Yeah, I know, man. We need to do a remake of that game." And I'm like, "It doesn't make sense. We'll finally get a remake of Dead Space, so hopefully one day we'll get a remake." Of, I mean, it's just we. I have more in common with people who play video games than I do with mixed martial arts, right? How we can cool just, is that? We can just vibe more. And so that's why I started streaming on Twitch. That's why I started gaming. Well, being out there and just, and I've met so many cool people um, through streaming on Twitch, um, you know? So I, I, I will, that's probably one of my, that's why I say I'll game probably for the rest of my life because, because it brings me entertainment and I love just sharing and sharing those moments with other people around the world about gaming and how it's touched their lives and changed their lives and, and build their imagination. Yeah. You, right. Don't mind. I'll just drag you back a little bit just to MMA for a second. Right. So if there was one moment in your MMA career that would cement your legacy, just as you are, you know, yeah, as you are w one of the greatest of all time. Do you can you think of one that because think of one that would come straight to mind? You know, I don't know. I'll leave that to the fans, right? I, I'll, I'll leave it to the fans because for me, it, it's you know, I don't say I don't say I'm one of the greatest of all time. Like I think Habib said it the best. Like there's so many athletes that have done so many great things in this sport. You know, Anderson Silva. At one point, he looked unbeatable, and, you know, he was destroying everybody. Habib came in there and destroyed everybody. GSP, you know, myself. Um, you know, at one point, everybody was in awe of Domino Cruz's footwork. Like, there's like, oh, it's a massive puzzle. So I think everybody has shared that spotlight. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. I share that spotlight where they brought something new to the game. For me, it could be my creativity. It can be how I can fight everywhere. And I looked like I had an answer for every single style of combat. So <clears throat> I will leave that to the fans to decide. You know, like for me, I'm just grateful to be amongst those great fighters that I just mentioned that I see high on the pedestal that have competed in mixed martial arts. And yeah, I leave the whole fans to say that. Yeah, well, first of all, me personally, I still think it's that uh, you finish Rayborg. Yeah, that, yeah, you're talking about video games, and that was a video game finish. I still show that to people on on YouTube, and they go, "Why do you like jujitsu so much?" And I went, "Have a look at that." And then they're going, "Is that like from a movie?" And I went, "No." And did that guy not want to get his arm, and I went, "No." And I went, "That's martial arts, man. It looked like a superpower." You know what I mean? It's like, it was, but, but, but it, hey, come on, if, as highlight reels go, it's up there with the best. Now, if you don't mind, you mentioned Khabib, you mentioned GSP, you mentioned Anderson Silva, you mentioned yourself, right? Uh, all absolute legends. Uh, the other thing that you all have in common is uh, conduct yourself rather well outside of the cage, right? Uh, and the other thing that you've got in common, if you don't mind me saying this, don't really think that any of you were actually pushed. Khabib was great because Khabib was just like an enigma, you know. So like, he sold because of who he was. But uh, you were never, all four of you guys were never pushed the way that I thought that you should have been pushed. And I personally think it's because you didn't have the character traits that, you know, in a personality-driven business. And I, I, I don't want to, I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying, for a second and say that Cody Garbrandt's a real douchebag or Henry Cejudo is, but they, they're pretty good at acting it, you know, mm -hmm. and they're pretty good at acting it and that sells the tickets. Now, do you actually think that that is a, that is a big factor in promoting say fights in your case, you you like your division was the best division for me at that time in, in the sport, let alone the organization. And it still didn't get the push. And um, do you think it was because you weren't prepared to, you know, play up to the camera? Or it it, it could be, you know, I have no idea. I'm I'm not a promoter, right? And I know everybody likes uh they get involved or they get up, they get excited for different things. You know, if I look at myself, for example, it's very hard for me. Like I think the last time I got super excited for a fight that got announced was well. Like, I remember I was like, ooh, that's a good fight. It was Yuya Wakamatsu versus Reese McLean. I was like, oh, that's going to be a good fight because I, I know both those guys. I fought yeah. uh, Yuya Wakamatsu, and I know Reese McLean is an amazing athlete. Or Charles Oliver versus, um, you know, when he fights uh, Dustin Poirier. That's going to be a sick fucking fight. That, like, I, <laughs> like, they, don't even, they don't even need to talk. Don't even talk. Don't even say anything. Just make, just make a, a dope trailer promo. And I'm there. I'm watching that fight because I've competed on the same card as Charles Oliveira. And I've seen his growth from when he fought in, you know, the very beginning stage of UFC. And when he fought at 145, now he's at 155. Like, I've seen his growth. And I know both those guys are sick. So I've already had a personal connection with those guys because I've seen him, you know, grow. Um, and that's what gets me excited. So I don't need all the trash talk. I don't need all that stuff. I just need, or another athlete that I can't wait to see come back, uh, Don Lee, um, which is, uh, he just, he, his last fights when he beat Martin Newman, like, yeah. I don't know much about him. I know 
I, I know he's had a, a stint on the Ultimate Fighter. <clears throat> he's one great knockout artist, and I want to see more of him. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's 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 piqued my interest. Now you have my curiosity. Like I want to see more of you. And sometimes it's about just the athlete fighting more, right? It's not yeah. about like for me. I feel like what what like propelled me as like one of like people see me as one of the the best because I was super active. Like I remember I fought. I think I fought Joseph and then I was about to fight, uh, was it the same year? I can't remember. I remember I fought somebody and then I, I signed up to fight John Moraga and then I had to get shoulder surgery. Ah, I fought John Dotson and then I was about to fight John Moraga, but then I had shoulder surgery, got shoulder surgery, came back, fought John Moraga and then came back and fought Joseph Benavidez. Joseph, and yes. Joseph the like, second time. And yeah. then I, I was just... I was fighting like I fought two to three times a month, uh, a month, uh, a year. So I was super active. So sometimes you can, you know, like an athlete, but they don't fight as much, and they they kind of you forget about them, right? Like, yeah, which is fine, which is fine. But for me, those are the ones where it's like, okay, Tony, I want to see him fight. Like, like I'm waiting for him to fight. Like I just want to see him fight. I said I haven't seen enough of it. Charles Oliveira, I want to see him. I want to see what he does as a champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And Dustin, I want to see, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with Dustin at UFC 178 when he's about to fight Conor McGregor. To see Dustin from that point to now, it's like you you build relationship. Like Kim Rashido, when he fights, we shared the case together. I want to see what yeah. he does. He stepped away. So that's what gets me excited. I don't need trash talking stuff. And I have the I have the athletes that I like. And every once in a while, there'll be an athlete that I'm like, I want to see who he fights next. Like that's just uh, yeah. As for you, me, you, a fan, that's what I am. That's how I am. Now, you've, you've, you've said it because I've said for ages, um, I've, I've just got your fight history up here. Right? You were saying that, I just pulled it up. And it's just like busy, busy, busy. You know, you were active. And I, me personally, I don't think they realised what they had until it was gone. When you went over, after your fight, last fight with Henry, and then you went to one, um, if, don't mind me asking, was that like a weight was lifted off your shoulders a little bit to, to go over there? Yeah, and just experience something different and new, you know, uh, to go over to one championship and fight overseas and fight abroad. Um, it, it wasn't like – it was a breath of fresh air because then I didn't have to deal with the whole politics, antics of selling pay-per-views and all that stuff. Like, I'm, like, like we're just talking, right? Like, I'm a fan that would tune in to watch an athlete fight, whether they talk shit or not, right? That's yeah. just who I am right but that's only one buy so learning to get like maybe two bucks for me buying right so <laughs> it's just like so for me to go over there and just fight and do my thing and i have to worry about that is good like i am who i am and it's you either gonna like it or not like some people say you have no personality some people was like dude you have the personality it's just it's just based on preference so that was a huge weight off my shoulders about trying to excuse me just try to be something that i wasn't i guess yeah, yeah, when you when you moved over there, the UFC have got the monopoly, and then Bellator every now and again they bring some, they do have some really good fights, you know. But by and large, the UFC do get it. But one, like their 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 reach in that Eastern market is huge. Mm -hmm. Like people don't really people don't really have any idea until they realize just how many eyeballs or watch one in comparison to the UFC. And and yeah, did did that inform did that inform your choice going over there? No, no it was 
No, it was just me going over there just to test my test my skill set over in Asia. <clears throat> like for me, I've always said it too. When I when I fought in uh when I was a champion, I was like, I'm gonna fucking fight on Fox, PBS, ABC, MTV. I'm going over the fight. I ain't worried about who's why. I'm going over the fight. So obviously, it's good to have the fans watch all that stuff, but I don't dictate whether um. You know, my mindset, I didn't dictate, you know, oh, they have this, they have this many eyeballs. I wasn't worried about that. I, I knew wherever I went, I know I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fight and I'm going to perform. If you tune in, you tune in. If you don't, you're bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're lost. You're lost. What, what, what's the future? Like, because you're a really engaging guy, really funny guy, you know, and obviously you're not going to fight forever unless you want to be like the next Ken Shamrock. You know, I, 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 th- I think Ken Shamrock's gonna. I think Ken Shamrock will have a fight in an old age people's home. Honestly, I, I, I truly believe it. You know, so somebody's stolen his Jello or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Gonna- you know, <laughs> what old guys? It's what old guys eat, isn't it? I think I don't know. So, what's the future hold for you after MMA? Yeah, just uh, after MMA, spend time with wife and kids, um, work on other other passions uh help my son reach reach help my children reach their goals um yeah you know i i know i can't fight forever it's just unhumanly possible um and i don't know if i would want to do it but you know I, i'm just looking forward to be hey guys how you doing it's mick uh technical issues man we lost demetrius johnson we will try and grab him and uh yeah it's a good excuse to get back for a second part isn't it uh i hope you really enjoyed talking to him i won't lie to you he's probably one of the coolest guys i've spoken to in martial arts in a long time no disrespect to any of you guys i've spoken to recently but come on this guy's got a flying armbar and he plays call of duty up your game boys if you want to get interviewed by me see you at next show bye Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.